Today's daf is daf Membez. We're holding at the top of Membez Amud Aleph. So we mentioned yesterday that there are three categories of individuals that require a taglachas. And the going to quote the Brisa that we mentioned yesterday. Amar Mar, If any of these three took their shaving without using a razor, so this is the completing shaver of the Nazir and the Mitzorah and the introductory shaving of the Levi to do the service. Or what, if that they did was, they left, they did when they did their Giluach, they, they went down to two hairs. But they left two hairs on either their body in certain cases or their face in certain cases and they did not cut up the last two hairs so either way they did not fulfill their obligation so either if they did not use a razor or they left two or more hairs so you have to go down to one is considered to be like it's done if you only leave one that's considered you did the whole body but over here there's a specific uh, uh, requirement that has to be the complete amount the complete body the complete head the complete face and therefore you can't leave Two, even two hairs, leaving two hairs would not be a completion of the obligation. Okay. So now, Magmora points out the following. Is that usually in areas of halacha, there is a din of rubo kakulo, that the majority is considered as if you've done the complete amount. For example, you have to shech through in an animal, it's through the trachea and the esophagus, well, right, both of them. In a bird, it has to be through one of the two. So when it says you have to slaughter all the way through, is you don't have to really cut it completely through. Even if you cut through the majority, ruvo is kakula. The majority is considered as if you have completely, you have completed the requirement, the obligation. So what Rav Acha actually says is that the idea that in halacha rov is sufficient actually could be uh, uh, is predicated on what we're learning here by Nazir. Because by Nazir, we're going to see the drosha, but by Nazir, the Torah specifies twice that he has to cut off all the hair. Why does it mention it twice? Because it's telling you what you normally think is considered to be the completion of the job. Here it's not enough. Here you mamish have to go and do the whole thing. And that means you have to go mamish down to the last hair. But from that you can infer that in other areas of halacha, you don't, when we say you have to do something, majority is sufficient in terms of doing it. So he's bringing actually a raya that normally the norm is ruba kakulo, that the robe is considered like you did the whole amount. Just because, because by Nazir, the Torah had to give a, uh, a seemingly redundant clause. Why did it have to, you have to cut all the hair? To teach me, here you don't rely on the rove, kakulo, rubagulo. Here it has to go down to what's considered completion. Completion is that you have left no, uh, you have not left two or more hairs. That's the point that Rav Acha is trying to make here. So Rav Acha read Rav from this halacha that here leaving even two hairs is not sufficient to require to fulfill your obligation of taglachas. So therefore, that it, uh, that ruba kakula the concept that rov has been considered like you did the complete amount is a daraisa mandated uh, uh, fulfillment that you've fulfilled your requirement. Requirement, like we said by Shechit and other cases. What's the raya? Since by Nazir the Torah again reiterates, it says 
that you have to shave him on the seventh day, even though the beginning of the, uh, the, the, the paragraph already said that he has to be on his seventh day, he needs to have all his hair uh, 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 cut off. So from here you see, from that double reiteration of until you mamash have all of it, all of it means you've gone down to the last hair. But in other areas of Allah, Ruba Gakulo, Rov is sufficient. Now, Maskilab Yosef Rabbi Yosef has the following question. The Pasuk that we just brought down, that on the seventh day, it reiterates, which teaches that you have to cut all of the hair, and majority is not sufficient, but your mamas have to go down to the last hair, that is not talking about by a regular Nazir. There's, there's two, uh, partios, there's two chapters that discuss, discuss a nausea requiring a taglachas, requiring a shaving. There's the regular nausea, let's say, day 30, day 31, however we learned it, but he needs it together with the carbonus. That's the regular nausea needs taglachas. Then there's another case where Nazir is going to do a shaving. That's where he became Tomei. And in order to discharge the fact that he became Tomei and allow him to reset and start counting again, he has to go through a Taglachas. So what's bothering uh, Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Hanina is that our Mishnah and what we've been dealing right now, the requirement that you've got to go down to you know, one hair, you can't even leave two, we were saying that about a regular Nazir. Yet the pasuk that you're bringing as a proof that from there is the source that you can't leave two or more hairs, that, that pasuk that talks about the Yom HaShviyah is actually referring to a Nazar that became Tomei. So he wants to know, how do you have a right to be liberal and assume that what's written by the Taglachas of a Nazir that's Tomei would also apply to a regular Nazir who did not become Tomei for his Taglachas to discharge on day 30 that his, uh, his Naziris have been fulfilled, that it's not enough to just do the majority of the hair, but you have to actually go down to the last hair. So that's the question that Rabbi Yosef Rechanina is asking. So, Mazgivullah Rabbi Yosef Rechanina, Hain ben Nazir, that is written by the Nazir Tomei. So how can you apply that to a regular Nazir? So we find this expression, by the way, needs to be explained a little more than we can do right now, but it's in multiple places in Shas, that in Eretz Yisrael, the, the, the Talmid, Talmidei Chachamim Eretz Yisrael had some disdain for the Talmidim of Bovel. And when the Talmidim of Bovel would say something that they did not think was that intelligent, they would mock it. So, in Eretz Yisrael, which was to the west of Babel, they mocked the question. Now, what is the, uh, what is the reason why they felt it's not a valid question? Because we learned two halachas today, right? We learned halacha number one is that you have to use a razor, right, for the taglachas. And number two, you have to go down to one hair. You can't leave two hairs. The question that Rabbi Yosef Hanina is asking, he's saying, is this idea that you can't leave two hairs is written based on a pasuk that's written by a Nazar Tomei. Right? Now, what the Gemara's point is, the, the, the proof that we have to use a razor, that's written by a regular Nazar. 
By a regular Nazar, we had Tar Lo Yavar Al Roshay. We had a couple of ways of understanding it. Either could be Lo Yavar Al Roshay, can't use any implement, and Tar is written not for the initial cutting, but for the final cutting, however we use it. But that's written by a regular Nazar. Now, even though it's written by a regular Nazar, the idea that you have to use a razor is applicable not only to a regular Nazar, it's also applicable to the Taglachas of a Nazar became Tomei. Now that you don't have a problem with, right? Like what we say, if you learn it out by regular Nazir Taglachas, we can apply it to the Taglachas of a Nazir became Tome. So if the information about the razor can go from a Nazir Tahor to a Nazir that was Tome, so then why can't the information that you've got to go down to two hairs, less than two hairs, which is written by a Nazir Tome, move up to the regular Nazir as well? So therefore they felt that there's a, a weakness in the, in, in, in the logic. You don't have a problem about the razor halacha going back and forth, so why do you have a, a, a question about the taglachas halacha in terms of leaving less than two hairs? Why is that not the same way? So that's what it's asking. let's see. How do you know that a nazir tomei has to use a razor? That's learned out me Nazir Torah, Yolif. We say if applies by Nazir Torah, has to use a razor. So Nazir Torah also. So therefore, lazy Nazir Torah. So then bring that Nazir Torah, but Leila be Nazir Torah. And you could learn out from a Nazir Torah. Ma Torah, just as the redundancy that we just pointed out, by Nazir Torah, that it says at the end of the, uh, end of the parasha that he has to shave off all his, uh, shave off his hair. So it says, Kishai or Shtei Soros. And from there we learn that if he leaves two or more hairs, Lo Kulum, he has not fulfilled the obligation. Lo Klamavad, he has not done his obligation. So Achinami used that same information by a regular Nazar, Kishar Shtei Saraz, for Lo Klamavad. The same way as the Razor Aloha can go from Nazar Tor to Nazar Tameh, so then the Shtei Saraz Aloha can go from Nazar Tameh to Nazar Tahor. Okay. Now, Baya Baya. Baya has an interesting Shiloh. Right? We've said right now that if you do a Taglachas, but you leave two or more hairs, you did not fulfill, you did not discharge the obligation. So this is fine. What happens if the point is like this? This guy is in a rush. Alright? He does the taglachas, and the problem is, he didn't do it well. He left two hairs. Okay? Now, he goes back to his ra- local Orthodox rabbi, and the rabbi checks him and says, you know, that does not fulfill the requirements of taglachas, because you left two hairs. So he says, okay, I gotta go back and shave off those two hairs. The problem is that by the time he got around to it, let's say a week later, the other hairs had already started growing back. Other hairs already started growing back. So the question is, in order for him to fulfill the mitzvah of Taglachas, Abaya wants to know, is it sufficient just to go back to the two hairs that he left from the original Taglachas and shave those two hairs? I, there's new, no hairs going back, doesn't matter. But those, that area already, the taglachas was performed. It's just the two hairs where the taglachas wasn't performed. So cutting those two hairs should be sufficient. Or do we say, is that no, that first taglachas you did is completely not effectual. You can't use that at all. So now you're left with a person that has now all the hair has grown, grown back. What you have to do to do the taglachas is you can't just focus on those two hairs. What do you have to do? You have to now do the taglachas of the entire hair, even the hair that's growing back. That's what a buyer's question is as follows. So therefore, boy, boy, a nazir shagilach, a nazir that shaved, the shears takes and he left two hairs. 
Samach Roshoi, and then what happened, his hair started growing back. Bechazar Gilchan. But he went back and he cut specifically the two hairs. Those are the ones that he cut. Mahu. Mima Akvi. Does the fact that the rest of the hair, by the time he got to the two hairs, had already started growing back. And that therefore precludes him discharging his obligation, prevents him from his obligation, until he cuts the new hair as well. I like, or no, because cumulatively, from what he cut the first time round, plus the two hairs, it cut, it was the hair on all of his head, and that should be sufficient. That is the Shiloh that Abaya asked. Now, Rava comes and asks another Shiloh. Boy, Rava. Nozer Gilach the same type of scenario that Abaya was dealing with, that he did the first Giluach, but it was really not a complete Giluach because he left two hairs. Okay, now what happened? The Giluach Achas, the Achas, Mahu. Now what happened was, is that he shaved only one, and the remaining one fell out. Alright? Now, so... L'chora, we're going to have to explain what's the Shaila exactly. At the end of the day, this guy, now we're not talking about anything grew back over here. Abayah's Shaila stuff grew back. This guy, nothing grew back. At the end of the day, this guy is bald as a cue ball. Because all the, the first Shgiluach knocked, 99.999% was knocked out, remaining two hairs. Now he has to go back. And he has to do a giluach on those two hairs. So he did a giluach, but he was only able to cut one hair, and the other one, by the time he got to it, had fallen out on its own. So what's the shaila here? So Amalei Rav Acha Medifti Ravina. So Rav Dipti says Ravina, he says, I don't understand what your question is exactly. Are you asking, can you do a giluach one hair at a time? Is that, ostensibly, is that what you're asking? Like, right? Do you have to cut at one time more than one hair? Now, and he understands that that, does, that, that that doesn't make sense. He says, if a guy starts cutting his hair one at a time, one at a time, and he gets down to the last hair, right? L'chora, he fulfilled his obligation because he did a gilua cumulatively on, the, on, on 99.9999% leaving one hair, so then obviously that's considered a gilua. So who cares if that last hair falls out? Why should it make a difference if the last hair falls out? At the end of the day, if you're cutting them and you cut, even if it didn't fall out, it shouldn't be problematic. At the end of the day, he did a giluach on the, the amount of hair that was required to be cut, left in one hair. So who cares if it falls out, doesn't fall out. So he says, Is he asking, can you cut one out? Maybe Rav holds a big chiddish that in order to be yotza giluch, you have to be cutting two hairs at a time. And this guy is not able to cut the last two hairs at one time, so maybe it's not a big chiddish. But that doesn't, that doesn't seem to make sense. We don't find any way you have to cut two hairs at a time. So, so therefore, so giluch sarah sarah kamibay l'rav, is that what he's asking? Ela so if you want to ask the Shaila, the Shaila could ask the other way around. Not that you cut the second to last hair and the last one fell out. That is if we push it, you're okay, because cutting one hair at a time would be okay too. What happened was, you got to the last two hairs. You got to the last two hairs, and the one fell out on its own, leaving only one. 
That's what happened. Now, why is that going to be more of a difficult situation? Okay, so if the, if the, if the two hairs were left and you cut one and the other one fell out, it doesn't matter because once you cut that one, l'chora, you're yo to the mitzvah. So therefore, what's the difference now if it's the other way around? Let's say one fell out and then you cut it. So, Ema, so what you have to say is, Nisha Achas, one fell out, the Gilag Achas, and you cut one. Mahu, what's the din? So again, Ravina asked him back. Now, the girsa of the Bach is important here. The, the girsa of the Bach is, L'chora, Sar, Ein Khan. What's the problem? At the end of the day, you have no le- hair left. So therefore, so if you have, uh, so, uh, uh, so therefore, Giluach, Ein Khan. So why, why don't you have a, 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 a Giluach? If you cut the, if the, if at the end of the day, the last hair, Sar ain't con. So, uh, 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 so, oh, one second, one second. So therefore, so let, 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 let me, let me, let's, let's, reading with the Bach. The, so he answered him, Sar ain't con, Giluach ain't con. From the fact that you don't have, uh, uh, you do not have a, a hair left. Because when uh, the, the original giluach was not a giluach, and then the two hairs that were left, which would have been significant to cut even one of the two when there were two hairs left, l'chora, you don't have that, because one of the hairs fell out on their own. So therefore, if all you were left with one hair at the end of the day, you cannot call it a giluach, so you don't have a giluach. So sar ain't con, since you don't have a hair here, giluach ain't con, you don't have a giluach. So he, so he pushed back, so Rav Ahmed Dipti pushed back. He says, Lachora, Isar Enkan, if you say that there's no hair here, so if there's no hair here, we're leaving one hair left, it's not considered like hair here, so then there was a mitzvah of Giluach. The mitzvah of Giluach was the fact that you cut the first 99.999% of the hair. That would be the mitzvah of Giluach. Isar Enkan, then Giluach Yeshkan, then you should have had a Giluach over here. So he says, no, Achika Amar. He's saying as follows. He's saying is, even though you're left at the end of the day with no significant hair, because the two hairs that were left, one of them fell out on its own. He says, that's the problem. Then mitzvah giluch enkan. Now you have nothing to do the mitzvah of giluch on. There's no mitzvah. You cannot discharge your mitzvah. Now what he's basically saying is like this. When you did the first giluch, you left two hairs. That is a defective giluach. Why is it a defective giluach? Because we just learned that if there's two hairs that are left, then that giluach... So that giluach was no good. Now it's true. If you would have added one more, you would have cut one more of those two hairs, then we could say is, at the end of the day, that all the hairs were cut with a giluach. Except for that last one, doesn't matter. That would be fine. But even if the last one fell out, it would be, makes no difference. It didn't have to fall out, you'd have a giluach. I can hear that. But over here the problem is you had a defective giluach. Now, in order for a giluach to be a giluach, there has to be hair. In order to be hair, what do we consider hair to be? There has to be at least two. So therefore, if what happened is the first giluach was defective, and now you have two hairs, and what happened is, what took away the two hairs? One of them fell out, so what happened is, the, that what took away the significance of the two hairs, when one fell out, you can't count that as a giluach. That's not considered a giluach. One hair on its own, without having two, is not considered significant. So even though cutting one out of two is significant, that's when there's two there. But if 
if you don't have two there, you had two and then one fell out, that's not an act of Giluach. The original Giluach was defective. You're not, you have not discharged your obligation of Giluach. That's what he's telling him. So he says, Avoti, Shasar Enkan, even though at the end of the day, you're left with no hair, but what tipped the scale? What made it there was no hair? It wasn't a Giluach, because you only consider Giluach if you have a Giluach of at least there's two in front of you. You don't have to cut two, but there has to be at least what's considered significant hair. So therefore, at this point, what caused the person to lose his hair was not Giluach. You cannot count that as the mitzvah of Giluach. He did not discharge his obligation. So therefore, even though the outcome is there's no left over hair, but mitzvah of Giluach Enkan, you did not fulfill your obligation. Let's go back to it. Zagdei Lugmishna. Nazir Chofer. A Nazir is allowed to shampoo his hair. Even though in the act of shampooing, sometimes what might happen? He might cause hair to fall. Not considered problematic. So if it's not his intent, it's, it's okay. Or face. Also, you can separate the hairs with your hands. You can pick apart the hairs to make sure that it doesn't knot. Even though that separating also might... Might is the key word here. Might cause sometimes hair to fall out. That's not considered to be a violation. But what you're not allowed to do, you're not allowed to comb your hair. Now the one of feels that the last ruling seems to be contradicting the first two rulings. Let's see for a moment. Who is the opinion that holds that you're allowed to shampoo and you're allowed to separate your hairs by hand even though there's a possibility that hair might fall out, it's not a problem. Whose sheet is that? That's Rab Shimon. We had him a second Shabbos, but we see it applies not only for Shabbos halachas, it's throughout, uh, all mitzvahs. Rab Shimon's out all of them. Rab Shimon holds, Amar, Dabrash Amos that if you do not have kavana to do the Avera, so even if it, it happens, it's mutter. You have not violated the problem. You have the, the, the prohibition. It's not a problem. There is a sheet there of Yehuda's sheet that Dabrash Amos Kavain is also don't touch it, right? But obviously the first two rulings go like of Shimon. Then the Chor Sorek, but the last ruling says you're not allowed to comb. Why? Because hair might come out. Look how that's also in the Rabbonon. That goes like Rabbi Yehuda Sheik, the Rabbonon, who hold that Domesh Edemus Kavein is Aser. So Reisher of Shimon, the Sefer Rabbonon, the first part of the ruling seems to go like Shimon, that Domesh Edemus Kavein is Mutter. The last part of them is goes seems to go like Rabbonon. You can explain the entire Mishnah going like the Shita of Rav Shimon. He writes, Now there's two ways that are shown him to explain this last line. It means that when a person combs, the person combs, it is considered like having kamvana to remove the hair. So, what, one way of learning is, you can't call that Darush Amos Kavan, because reason why you comb, why do people comb their hair? They comb their hair to remove some of the looser hairs, some to pull out some of the hair. So therefore, that's not, instead of Shimon will hold, that's not Darush Amos Kavan. That's one way of learning it. The other way of learning it gets into, into a Shabbos Haloch, it's Psik Reisha. Means even though it's not your intent necessarily, to pull out hairs when you comb, but since ine- inevitably it's going to happen, so the way to learn it is, 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 is that if you know it's going to happen, even you, you cannot say that wasn't my kavana, that that becomes Dumber Shemis Kavan. So it's two different ways of learning. One is that Taka is his kavana, number two, even though that's not his kavana, but knowing that it's going to happen, what? Makes it. You have to see one of the ways, ways fit better than the other, but that's the way, the two ways are shown to lose. Let's go on. 
Says more writer, Rabbi Shmuel Oimer lo yichayv ba'adamo. Rabbi Shmuel says that even though the Tanakhama says you can shampoo liberally, but he says that there's certain they used to shampoo their hair with with clay, with dirt. Again, I don't know exactly it was like an astringent and would help in the cleaning process. So he says that you cannot do. Because that pulls out the hair. Okay? So now, so basically, it, it's not clear, it's Shemayevishmol arguing, not arguing, it seems to be that he is arguing, because Tanakama said that you're allowed to liberally shampoo, no, no, and he says, no, you cannot use Adama, because it pulls out the hair. Now, the Bnei Yeshiva had two versions of how to read the sheet of Rabbi Shmuel. We're going to see if it has a halachic difference. What are the two versions? Is the shot in the Mishnah, is the way to read the right version of Mishnah, Mipnei Shehi, Masheret Eshasar, is that dirt, you should not use Adama, because Adama pulls out the hair. So that would be like the case of the combing. That because it for sure pulls out the hair, either so therefore either maybe all it's over shame you can't you can't say over here, why can't you say it? Because it's a psychratia that they were like either. But the point is, since it for sure pulls out the hair, you cannot use the dirt. That is that shatanan. Oh Dilma, not because dirt always pulls out the hair, but Mipnei Hamasheris Tanan. There are some dirts. Not all dirt pull out the hair. But the Rachamim like made a little plug. Don't use dirt. Why? Because they're afraid if we let you use dirt, what might you do? You might end up using some of the clays or some of the dusts that actually do pull out the hair. And that would be a violation. So therefore, but the more I ask that, the mind not clean at the end of the day... Right? It says don't use dirt. So what's the nafkamina of saying don't use dirt because it pulls out the, the thing? Or don't use dirt because some of them might pull out. What's going to be the halachic difference? What is the big difference? What happens if you can come up with a dirt that does not pull out the hair? Kegoin, the ika adama, let's say there's adama. Adama is like clay. I don't know exactly what it is. Some kind of clay, right? There's some kind of dirt. Deloy mas, mitra that doesn't pull out the hair. Now, according to the first lotion, it said you can't use dirt because it pulls out the hair. But if you find a dirt that doesn't pull out the hair, then what will be the halacha? According to Rabbi Yishmol, you should be able to go ahead and use it as a shampoo. So, is it because it pulls out the hair? That's the right girsa in the Mishnah. So, where you know that it for sure doesn't pull out, then what? So then Shafa, you'd be allowed to use it. But according to the second one, it was a low plug. Don't use any dirt because of the ones that pull out the hair. So even if you know for sure that there's one that doesn't pull out the hair, what would be the din? You're not allowed to use it. So therefore, because of the ones that do pull out, therefore don't use dirt, then you shouldn't use it at all. And that's what remains unresolved in the sheet of Rabbi Yishmol. Is it all dirts are not allowed? Or specifically dirts that pull out the hair are not allowed? That is an unresolved question. Let's go on. This is a very big sugya. Also in Meseches Makos, you have the sugya. Makos of Aleph. All right. And there's also a big machlokus we're showing in how to understand this, so we're going to explain both opinions. So, the Mishnah. You have a Nazir who pulls out the bottle, alright, and he starts drinking. So, and, and they say to him, Rabiyad, you are a Nazir, it's Osir, you can get Malchus, you have to actually mention what the punishment is. 
You have to mention what the pasuk is according to some, but you have to tell him that he's in violation. And they gave him at the beginning, when he first pulled out the bottle, they gave him the warning. And he ignored it, and he continued drinking throughout the day. He's only chayev for one set of lashes. Now what's the machlekes rishonim? The, the Ritvoim in, 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 in Makis brings down two opinions. And one sheet is Rashi, one is sheet is Ri. Rashi's sheet is that there is, there's always an argument, oh, I forgot that it was a problem. I didn't realize, I forgot, yeah, yeah, he warned me, but I forgot. So according to Rashi, Hasra has to be Tokede Dibur of the Avera. If you don't have Tokede Dibur, a few seconds, you warn him, and then there's a, there's a break in time, he can always come back and say, I forgot, I didn't remember, I didn't realize. Okay? So the bottom line is, and again, that's, that's not such a far-fetched thing. So how many times our wives say, don't forget something, and then ten minutes later, you forget, right? So therefore, that can happen. But the point, so therefore, according to Rashi, the shot over here is, is that the first cup that he, first reveals that he drinks, he gets lashes for it. But if subsequently he drinks more, then the hasra that you gave on the subsequent drinks that were not tochedei dibur, you cannot count that hasra unless they're what? There's another hasra that is given. That's how Rashi, the Rizwa Rizal, that's how Rashi holds. Rashi, that's Rashi Shita. However, I believe it's the, the taste of the Rishita, he says that's not the Pshat. He says the Pshat over here is, is that if you got hasra and then you started drinking throughout the day, we view that as one long drinking. So if we look at it as one long drinking, we can only give you one set of lashes. How, that's the reason. Not because we can't, the second and third cup, the first hasra doesn't go on. The first hasra does go on it, but we view it as one long drinking. That's the shot over there. So it's a different understanding of why he only gets one set of lashes. The Amruloi Al-Tishta, Al-Tishta, they came back and said, don't drink, don't drink. So according to Rashi, he can't say, I didn't, they told him each time. According to the, the Ri, each time they warn you, it breaks it up into a new act of drinking. What the Allah Nafkamina is, not getting into that. But therefore, Al-Tishta, Al-Tishta, Similarly, who was spending a long time shaving his head, and you came and warned him, Giluach is Osir, Nazir can get Malchus for shaving his head, so Kolayim, Eina Chayavalachas, he's only Chayav one. Amrloy, Altagaleach, Altagaleach, they told him, don't do it, don't do it, for each, each time, he does, but Lumegaleach, each time, Chayaval Kolachas, Vachas is Chayav on each one. This is the one we're going to be focusing on today. He was metamalameisim. They were telling him, don't touch that, that's a mace. Don't carry, that's a mace. Don't go into a forest, that's a mace. Alright. And, uh, uh, they gave him one warning, his chive only once. Amrulo al-Tatame, al-Tatame, for whom Tame, they each time they told him don't do it, and he did it, he's for each additional one. Now, that's a bigger Chiddush over there, this last one, because the Chorah, we see from the time of our Mishnah, which is going to be really the Sugi coming up, that you see that even though he became Tame, so you could say he's Tame, right? No, you can become Chayev each time you make yourself Tame. All right. Now, Itmar, the following state, Itmar usually is a machlokus amaroyim. So we're going to have a statement that was made by Rabo, and there appears to be a machlokus between, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, made by Ravuna. And there seems to be a machlokus between Rabo and Rav Yosef. What did Rav Huna actually mean? Alright? 
Now, what Rav Luna is going on is the following. We know that <coughs> the halacha that Ayomim Rishonim Yiplu, that if a, mace, if, if a Nazir becomes Tomei, that it wipes out his Nazirus and he can only start counting again when he brings, he has to have the, the Paraduma third and seventh day and he has to have the Taglachas and he has to bring his Karbonus is only if it's the type of Tumah, which A, it's got to be a Tumas Mace, but it also has to be a Tumas Mace that knocks off, that, that requires the seven days. There are Tumas Mace, which is only a one-day Tumah, when it's not coming from a, a, an Ava Tumah or an Avia Vosa Tumah. So therefore, we're not talking about that type. It's talking about it has to be the type that's going to make him Tumah for seven days. That's the type that falls up. Now, there are three such occurrences that we're going to be dealing with that can cause a person to become Tumah for seven days requiring Para Aduma. It could either be Maga, coming to contact with a dead body, Maso, even if he doesn't directly come into contact, but he carries the dead body, right? Or Ohel. Ohel is he walks into a shared space. Or he walks over a dead body. It's another form of... He, he either becomes the Ohel over the body, or there's an Ohel over him and the body simultaneously. And then he becomes Tomei for seven days. So now, the point that Rav Huna is making is that the Chora, Mikra Mole Dibra Kosov. So Rabbi Amr Avunah said, Mikra Mole Dibra Kosov. The Pesach says, it's, it's, it's a full Pesach, meaning it includes all the cases. When it says, Layatame, Layatame means that what is he not allowed to do? He's not allowed to come Tame, a Tumah that's going to make him come Tame seven days. That includes all three scenarios, whether it's Mago, whether it's Masa, whether it's Ayal, included, right? So now the problem is, why does the positive also require, take a look, it says, where's the place? That means, he's got to deal like a Kohen Gadol, by the way. Even relatives, which a regular Kohen is allowed to become Tommy, and Nazar is not allowed to become Tommy, so like the Kohen Gadol is not allowed, right? It says, Right? Now that's positive, by Midbar, Vav, positive Zion. And you have over here the pasuk before Kol Yemei Hazira Hashem Al Nefesh Lo Yavoi. Now Al Nefesh Lo Yavoi seems to be another warning to the Nazir. Now that specific Lo Yavoi seems to imply Oh, don't go into the tent where the body is. So that what, that's what he's trying to understand. That Yechorah, if Oel is already included in the, it's really actually the next positive of Le Yitame, so therefore, why do you have a separate one for Ohel? Right now, we're going to explain this initially the way the Gemara understands it. Might not be the way it comes out with Maskana. But let's see how originally. So, Amarav Amaravuna, Mikram Ola Dibra Kosov. That next positive, positive Zion, is, includes all the case. Lo Yitame. Which is Maga Masa and Ohel. Keshu Omer in the previous pasuk Yavoi, Why is it doing that? Lahazira al and Lahazira al That is to warn him. Erstens, you can be, uh, that you 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 cannot make yourself tome. And additionally, there's an additional tuma of tumas Ohel. Right now, what that the Gemara understands is means is that if you made yourself tome. By any one of the three ways, right, you can still get punished as a Nazir if you make yourself Tomei again. But specifically how? With Ohel. That's why Ohel is added separately. Means any one of the three, you violated. In addition, Lo Yavo, even though you're Tomei already, Lo Yavo, you can get Ohel. Aval Tumah, but a regular Tumas Maga, Tumas Maso, 
on top of whether you became, when you became Tommy with one of the three, that you cannot be high of a second set of lashes for, you cannot be in violation a second time. Loy. So the way we're understanding, the way Rabba is explaining Ravuno, what Ravuno is basically trying to say is that you even, if, even though you became Tomei, you can become Chayev again, but specifically if it is with Oho. But otherwise, not. So, Rabbi Yosef, um, Rabbi Yosef says, I don't understand that to be the shot of Ravuna. Ha'elokim, that by God's name, Amar Ravuna, Avilu Tumma. That's not the shot. That means that if you are a Nazir, you can become Tomeh, you can become Chayev on any Tumah, as long as one of those three that can take to make a seven-day Tumah. Any one of those three, you can be Chayev again. Allah Tumah, Allah Tumah. It does not have to be specifically Ohel. That's what it is. Right. Now, and, and, and I, so what exactly did Rav Huna mean? Right? So we, we, so the, 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 the Maskana of the Gemara, and we see the Rosh Antos is bring down, is that he holds that it, by, by going into an OL, you can warn him and he can get two sets of lashes. You can say, Lo Yitame and Lo Yavo, he can be Chaya for that one act twice. That's what it means. But not that you, that it precludes that there's no Tumah after a Tumah. That's not what it means. There for sure is a Tumah after a Tumah. That is, right. now, say the word like this. So, uh, and he brings a raya for this. This is Rabbi Yosef speaking, right? He says like this, You have a Nazir that was in a Vesak forest, meaning he had gone into the Vesak forest and maybe stepped over a grave, but he had made himself Tomei. Okay? And they gave him to help carry or touch his, his own relatives. Right? Because we said it's like a Kohen Gadol, so he's not allowed to be coming into contact even with a relative. Oh, Meis Acher, or with a different person that for sure is not even related to him, right? Benaga boy. Chayev, he could be Chayev a second set of lashes. So you see clearly, Hoshita means, it doesn't mean Ohel. Hoshita means it could be Maga, it could be Master. So you see that even though he made himself Tomei, Ohel, by stepping over a base, and now he's Tomei, and now you have him carry or touch another mace, clearly you see Ravuna's Shita is that what? Could be any. So therefore, it could be, it doesn't matter. So what does the pastor tell me? So that, like we explained, that means you can get a double set of lashes for going into an Ohel if they warn him for both. That's what it means. Okay. Now I'm going to say it like this. Vaha amai ha metame vekoyim. So I'm going to ask the svarah. So this is what we said before. Lechayra. Once you're tame, you're tame. If you're tame already, then how do you tell a guy? Don't make yourself tame. He's already tame. So why would you be chayev for subsequent tumas? So el alav. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The point the one is making, this is this part, this is part of the, uh, this part of the, uh, point that Yosef is making. He's saying, you wanted to say that regular tumah, maga, can happen after maga. Or, uh, right, the only thing can have oho. Now you could argue, oil maybe is like more of a chomer. Oil is more of a, more of a chumra. But the chora, here we're talking about the guy was in the basic forest, and then you said, don't carry it on. How come it becomes Tomei again? Eyes are already Tomei. So it must be the fact that Ravuna said, what do you see? El Alam, Shmaminam, Ravuna, Avfilu Tumma, It makes no difference. 
Well, even though the Svara doesn't seem to be such a good Svara, we'll see, maybe we can see what the Svara might be in a moment, but once you're Tomei, oh, I have to, doesn't matter. Whether you do Maga again, whether you do Masa again, whether you do Oel again, you could be Chayev. This is all part of the Kasha. This is the point that Rabbi Yosef is making to show that his understanding of Rabbah could not have been the understanding what Rab, uh, uh, his understanding of Rav Huna is the correct one, not what Rabba was saying in Rav Huna, because we see clearly over here from this case that what? That you can have a tumor after tumor, even if it's not tumor's ohel. So Asa, they are by asked the question on his Rebbe, Rabbi Yasef. He says, Kayan, this is dealing with a Kayan, okay? <coughs> not a Nazar. We're not dealing with a Nazar, but the laws of Kohen, Tumor by Kohen, is applies, especially Kohen Gadol, applies similar to the laws of Nazar. So whatever it says Yabai Kohen, we'll see if it's a Kohen Gadol actually, alright? So Kayan, Shahayala Mace Munach Akseifoy, alright? He had on his shoulder, he's already carrying a, uh, a, 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 a mace, alright? Which means his tummy. Right? For Hoshit Lo Meso, and they gave him to help touch or carry one of his relatives. We're not be talking about a Kayan Godel over here. Alright? One of his relatives, Umez Acha, or a different mace, Venagabo, Yochal Yehei Chayev. You might think he should become Chayev again because he's making himself Tomei a second time. Talmud Lomar, the gears over here, they change Lehei Choloi is that it's only where he's desecrating himself through the Tumah. But the act of touching the second maze, he's not desecrating himself by touching wine. Because he's already Tomei. That's not considered an act of desecration. So therefore, I guess that's the Girsa, what's the Girsa in the Groh? So Le'echolai is not to do something to desecrate himself. But Misha Eidem Echolai, it's Mashma, somebody, when is there a, a violation? Somebody that is not been desecrated. Yotzezet, to exclusion of this case, Shu Mechulo Omer that he's already become desecrated. So Abayah is asking on Rabbi Yisdav, so how could Ravuna hold that Tomei V'Tomei Yor Chayiv, L'Chayra, we see from this rise of Akhayan Gadol, which should be the same Svara that it should apply by a Nazir as well. So Amar Leh, so Rabbi Yosef shoots back at him, he says, one second, so what are you telling him? From that rise, you say that once a person becomes desecrated, you cannot subsequently become, so then how are you going to explain our Mishnah? What did we learn in our Mishnah? They told him, don't become Tommy, made himself Tommy. Don't become Tommy, made himself Tommy, multiple times. His Chayma, I, Lechor, has already become desecrated. So says, I'm a Why don't you have the same kasha on our Mishnah? This time we learned in the Mishnah. If it's metam with one hasra, and a chayv alachas can only chayv once. But I'm loyal to time al the time. Chayv alachas va'achas is chayv for multiple times. Why? My? Why should that be? I'm a time of the koyim. The is already standing. He's in, in his tomb. He's already desecrated. So ella. So chayra kasha adadi. So then, what are you going to say? So the Abayah says, so what are you going to say? So the Chari, what are you trying to say? There's a contradiction. I'm not who's the two talking about. It might be a Yosef. So what are you going to say? So therefore, no, rather, the text says, Abayah Balataritz. So therefore, El Akasha Adadi. So what are you going to say? That they're contradictory? Like Kasha, it's not difficult. It means Abayah is going to say, we can, we can rectify the contradiction between our Mishnah 
and the Brysa. Now let me explain this to you because there's a fascinating, a lot of lumbus over here. There's a fascinating idea. What it's going to suggest is as follows. A person touches a dead body. A dead body is an aviavos of tumor. Touching a dead body that makes you into an, a person into an avatuma and he's tummy for seven days. No shiloh. Right? If this person, let's say Ruvain, Ruvain touches a dead body, becomes Tommy seven days. If Ruvain, who's now an Avatumo, right, goes and touches Shimon, Shimon is only Tommy one day. He's only Tommy that one day. He doesn't have to have Paraduma, he doesn't, that day till night becomes Tommy, right? However, very interesting halacha. Let's say Ruvain is touching the dead body. And, at the same time, Shimon walks by, he touches Shimon. Shimon will become Tommy seven days. Now, there's some lumps, how does it work? Is it he's just a conduit, or while he's touching it, he comes like the dead body? Whatever it is, at the end of the day, that's called Tumah Bechiburin. Tumah Bechiburin is, so therefore, well, what do you see when you're touching? While you're touching the dead body, you have a higher elevated level of Tumah. Clearly, Why? Because when you touch the body, you can actually make somebody else Tomei for seven days. You let go, you can only make him Tomei for one day. one day. So therefore, what the Moran is good, which also tells you that the moment you touch the thing, it, 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 your, your Tumas spikes. So what the Moran is going to say as follows, is that the case that we brought down by the Kohen Gadol, that we asked the Kasha of the Kohen Gadol, which does not allow when you touch the body, is when you're actually carrying it. You still have it on your shoulder. So while you're still connected to it, you already spiked. You've already peaked into the level of tumma. So go ahead and say, touch this, touch this, touch this. Doesn't do anything. Why? Because you're already at the highest level. So that's where that you've desecrated yourself to a high level. That's not going to make a difference. How, and therefore, in such a case, Taka, you can, now our mission is talking about, they said, don't touch it or don't go in. Touched, so went in and then came out. Alright? So now, he, at, 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 he spiked his level when he either touched or he went in, but then he came out. So really, he's dropped his level. Then they say again, don't touch it. He touches, he spikes it again. So therefore, going up in a level of Tuma is when you, t- when you connect, that's only a problem in our Mishnah, because in our Mishnah, he's disconnected each time. The case of the Brysa, where he's still carrying the mace on his shoulder, so mainly he's already at the high level of Tumah, so anything he does subsequently, touch, 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 carry, not going to spike at any higher. Therefore, you're only high of one spore. That is the difference that we're trying to, we, we're going to say over here. So let's see inside. So Moran says like this, Abaya answers like Kasha. There's really no contradiction between the Mishnah and the Brysa. Khan Bechiburin, Khan Shaloi Bechiburin. One is talking about where you're actually still connected to the body, and one where you're not connected to the body. Now the Gemara has the following problem. That the Gemara wants to suggest that there is such a svar of Tumah Bechiburin, but the Gemara says that maybe this idea of Tumah Bechiburin is only a Rabbonin. Now if it's only a Rabbonin, that's going to create problems for us. Because how can you give him mal- Malchus, or not give him Malchus, Based on chiburin, right? It's on his shoulder. You can't give him out. Why well, can't you give him out? Because you're warning him each time. I the chiburin. Chiburin is only a derabbanan. You should be able to give it. That's the Gemara's point. Gemara says the tomb of chiburin is a deraisa. L'chayr ha'am Rabbi Yitzchak bar Yosef am Rabbi Yanai lo am Rabbi Tumah of chiburin. This chumra of Tumah of chiburin that 
if if if, if Lechorah, the understanding right now is is that if Reuven is touching a dead body and Shimon touches him, that Shimon's going to become Tomei for seven days. That's only a Chumrah. And that it only applies by Truma and Kachim. It means he can't eat Truma for seven days. He doesn't eat Kachim for seven days. We're not going to make it a one-day Truma. Because the Chorah, there's no negative outcome from that. It's only a Durabon. It's a Chumrah Durabon. And we're more strict with Truma. We're just not going to allow to eat Truma and Kachim. However, our if somebody's a Nazir, or somebody's trying to eat carbon Pesach, Lechora, there to make him Tomeh for seven days is going to create all kinds of problems. The Nazir, for example, seven day Tomeh is going to have to bring Korbanus. But if he really is not high than Korbanus, because Tomeh Bechiburim only is a one day Tomeh, it's not really a seven day Tomeh, so therefore you're going to end up now making him knock off all these Nazirus, bring Korbanus, which he's really not obligated to do. And similar also, somebody, Korban Pesach, let's say he's got, it's Erev Pesach. So now, you're not going to let him eat Korban Pesach because you're saying it's Tameh for seven days, even though really it's only Tameh for one. So that seems clearly we're saying that Timah is only a Darabonon. Because if it's a Daraisa, then it knocks seven days off Daraisa. But we're saying, no, it only really knocks one day. The Chumrah is seven days. The Chumrah can apply by Chumrah, can by Kotchim, but not for Nazar and Korban Pesach. Therefore, Yechayra, now, you cannot rectify our Mishnah and the Braisa by saying one's Tameh Timah and one is talking about and it wasn't. Because Tumach is only the Rabbanan. So Mara says like this. Now you tell me Tumach is the Raisa. So Maishno, what's the difference between Pesach and Nazir to Kachim and Trumach? It should apply seven days across the board. So Mara is going to say is like this. Is that this Chumrah that we're dealing with for Truman Kachim is talking about a secondary Chiburim. Let me give the case. Dead body. Ruvain's holding onto the body, right? Shimon comes by and touches Ruvain. Everyone holds Midoy Raisa. What's going to be the din? Seven days. What happens if Ruvain, Shimon holds Ruvain's hand and Levi comes and touches Shimon? Third person. Now, that's what it's talking about. That Midoy Raisa, that third person really should be only one day. The conduit only works from Reuven to Shimon. The conduit, because only Reuven to Shimon, Reuven's considered like, comes like the dead body, Shimon's considered like touching the dead body. But it doesn't work from Shimon to Levi, only by, the Chumrah only is by Truma and Kachim, and does not apply by Nazar, because Nazar really wouldn't be one, seven days, only be one day, and you'd be messing up Yuchulim Zara, knocking off his Nazirus, and similar like Kormbeisav, not allowed, therefore like this. So when it says, Khan Bechibure Adam, Adam. One is talking about the Chibur of Adam be Adam. means Levi touching Shimon. That's the Chibur we're talking about. Khan Bechibure Adam be Meis. And the other one is Shimon touching Ruvain, who is touching the actual dead body itself. Gentlemen, we'll stop over here. We'll continue with this tomorrow.